0: The LA Clippers obviously have had some issues keeping Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the court together these last four years, but when they are healthy together, they're as good as almost any team in the league. But when healthy, there has been some concern about Paul George. Can he really be the second best player on a championship team? We know Kawhi can be the first. We know Paul George can't be the first, but can he be the second? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. Our Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making locked on clippers the first listen of your day. Your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vizier, and my 18 18- oh just finished my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for NBA, NBA history, and LA Clipper content. Of course, Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment how confident you are in Paul George as a number two option. And I know this might sound like a crazy thing because we've never seen Paul George really be a number two option outside of the bubble in the playoffs for a whole run. He's always been the best scorer on his team since 2013 with Indiana. So with Kawhi Leonard, one of the biggest reasons why people in the front office probably don't want to break this up is because we still haven't seen, if you have these guys fully healthy with Ty Lue, will Paul George be good enough to be the second best brand championship team? Because we've seen Kawhi Leonard be the best brand championship team in Toronto, so we know he can do that. And we know complaining time what we're going to get out of Kawhi. But Paul George, there are three things in my opinion, his confidence or lack of it, His IQ and basketball IQ and inconsistencies and his health that make me nervous. So right now, you know, the reason why this episode was inspired, I have to give my inspiration for it. And there's a reason why I didn't post yesterday. It's because I was really doing my research on this. But Andre Iguodala said on his podcast that Paul George is the second most talented player in the NBA after Kevin Durant. Now, obviously, when he's saying that, he's talking about, like, Pure God-given ability, natural talent. I mean, PG, when he's playing at his best, he looks like an actual demigod. 6'9", with a handle. He goes so low to the ground when he dribbles at times. It's like unbelievable for a guy his size. And how he quickly can rise up on a dime going both ways. He can turn over either shoulder when he wants to go to the post. He can get to the basket. He's athletic. I mean, and he can shoot the ball as well as just about any 6'8", 6'9", guy that we've got in the league outside of, like, you know, Kevin Durant. But I've also been listening to Podcast P a lot. So given the Andre Iguodala statement and then Podcast P... I kind of wanted to come out with an episode for those that don't know because I think Paul George is one of those guys where if you look on the surface, he has like no real flaws. Like the guy is not a bad passer. He's a great scorer that can score at all three levels. He's got a good handle. He's got a good shot. Like when you do the imaginary checklist thing where you just make categories, oh, he's decent off the ball. He's good catching shooting. He's good off the dribble. He's not bad in the pick and roll. He can rebound. He can average five assists. Just by doing that, Paul George looks like a flawless player. Then you wonder why he's not the number one in a championship team. Well, I am going to be laying out all the issues with Paul George's game. And this is not for me to hate. This is just because I want to be a a host that gives good information to fans. And this is for those people, I guess like Andre Iguodala, that don't see the flaws in PG because they don't get to watch him every night. And that's one thing that, you know, I'll be able to say for the rest of my Life is when Paul George played basketball, I could tell you everything good and wrong with him. So let's start out with a confidence or lack thereof. My biggest thing with Paul George is not anything skill related. It's all up here mentally. Everyone should know if you've played any sort of competitive sports. And by this point, if you're still denying the mental component of basketball or any, the mental component of sports, you just shouldn't be talking it in my opinion, because it matters. Not everything is quantifiable as an, on a number or as a number, and Jerry West said it best when he was doing the meet the player thing. He said, give me a stat for this, and he pointed to his heart, and this, and he pointed to his mind. And Paul George, I'm not saying he doesn't have heart, because he does. To come back from the injuries that he has takes a lot of heart. But his confidence is so wavering at all times, you just don't know which Paul George you're going to get on a nightly basis. He has the talent of a superstar, but the mindset of an all-star. He almost doesn't act like He is that dude. And it started out with the statement where he said, I am not a number one on a championship team. Look, I like that he is showing self-awareness. But at the same time, there is no reason why a player with that kind of talent should be saying that he's not a number one. At the worst, he should be saying he's a 1B. And I think he tried to lean into that in the first couple seasons with the Clippers. And then he realized just being around Kawhi that like, he's just better than me. But it's not because Kawhi is more talented. Kawhi is much smarter. He's stronger for one, but he's much smarter with his shot selection. And my thing with Paul George is, you just don't know which Paul George you're gonna get. In the bubble, he clearly was in his own head and had lost all confidence. We know that, he said it. In 2021, he performed. He was confident. He was a beast in the playoffs. 2022, he didn't really have a playoffs. And then this year, he didn't have a playoffs. But if we go to the regular season, I wanted to make sure I double checked my own receipts in my own podcasts and found and remembered or reminded myself if there were games where he indeed either lacked confidence or didn't play with that go get the game, you know, go play like a superstar. And let's just start with the game against OKC. When he early in the season, when he came back from one uh, game, missing one game due to a non COVID related illness or was it COVID? I think it was, it may have been health and safety. I don't know. He missed a game because not an injury, but he was sick. And then he came back and shot like 12 times. Like, dude, we didn't have Kawhi. How many games with this guy this season did Kawhi not play and he didn't even shoot 20 times? That's unacceptable. That's what I mean by acting like a star when when you should be acting like a superstar with the talent that you have. You need to be taking over games. You need to be commanding things like, yo, get on my back. And it can't just be against bad teams. It has to be against good teams too. OKC game. He didn't come out with the right intensity and it all starts from there. And then the Pelicans game, like a couple days later on that Sunday afternoon, he wasn't playing with any sort of intensity. He was just going through the motions chucking. Like, there's no taking over there. There is no sense of urgency there. And that's one thing with Paul George is that sometimes he's just too cool for school. He's just going through the motions. I don't doubt that he's not a leader off the court. But on the court, you can't be a leader when, teams, when your own teammates don't know which version of you they're going to get. Then there was another game against the Dallas Mavericks without Kawhi, where we only lost by two points. He shot 13 times in the game, and at halftime, we were down by like 20 points because we didn't come out with any urgency. Remember, there were so many slow starts this season, and Paul George is a part of that. How about the Orlando Magic game in Orlando, the famous minutes restriction game where Kawhi and Paul George both were sat out in overtime after we were, yeah, in overtime when the game is tied because of a minutes restriction. He only shot 12 times. That's ridiculous. The game he came back against the 76ers. Careless turnovers in the fourth quarter. Just just not playing with the sense of urgency. And then the Mavs game that Kyrie debuted without Luka. He shot three for 15 and one. I'm sorry, no. That was the Golden State game where he also didn't put in any effort. So again, his confidence is extremely wavering for a player of his caliber. It's all about confidence. Is he better than Jimmy Butler? No, he's not. Is it because of skill? Absolutely not. Paul George's bag is way bigger than Jimmy Butler's. Way bigger. He's a better shooter. He's a better ball handler. He's taller. But it's the confidence. It's how much he gets out of his talent. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about his IQ and his inconsistencies and why those occur on the court. What? basketball things occur that make him inconsistent going to be talking about all that coming up before I do that I got to tell you about prize picks every day of the NBA playoffs and finals one prize picks usually will win a chance of becoming a millionaire with a one million dollar daily superflex promotion one entry placed after eight am Eastern Standard time will be randomly selected each day and whoever placed that entry will be given a six picks six pick flex with the following payouts four correct picks equals sixteen grand. Five correct picks equals eighty grand, and six correct picks equals a million dollars. Full details can be found at PrizePicks.com/million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. PrizePicks is the best daily fantasy entry app out there, and how it works is you just pick two to six players and predict if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry, and it's not competing against any particular person, it's just you and the projections available, and prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes the NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, WNBA, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, That easy, safe and fast withdrawals, and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Just download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Oof. All right, now let's talk about two of the biggest things with Paul George's game, his basketball IQ and how inconsistent he is. The reason why he's inconsistent, one is the mindset thing, the lack of confidence. You don't know which PG you're going to get because you don't know what kind of PG he wants to be like on a given night. But a large reason he's inconsistent is because of his shot diet. His shots are primarily long jump shots. 18-footers, mid-ranges, and threes. And there are so many games where he starts out by shooting like five or six jumpers and completely takes himself out of rhythm. Let's see how many shots he shot this season. He attempted... Jeez, it doesn't say... Oh, there we go. 18 shots per game. 7.63. So eight of his 18 shots were threes. Now I know the fact that he shoots 37 percent, that's encouraged. But I'm not a fan of just placing a certain number of three pointers that you have to shoot before a game, for the analytic purposes. I'm in favor of getting an easier basket, whether it be a mid range or a bucket at the rim, and then spreading out and getting more shots out from you know your jumpers. Because the thing is, and you see it with so many hoopers today is they start out by shooting a bunch of jumpers, and then they shoot themselves out of rhythm. And Paul George, he can get to the rim. He might not have the quickest first step anymore, and he's not like as good as Russ getting to the rim or certain other younger stars, but PG can get to the rim better than Kawhi. He still has the quicker first step, and he has more elevation at the rim. Now, the issue with PG at the rim is... He often doesn't go up strong and secondly, he does not get calls. It's very frustrating. So at times I can understand him being discouraged to go to the rim. Also to mention his injury history. Maybe sometimes he doesn't want to go to the rim because he's afraid he might get hurt. But at the same time, when Paul George is aggressive, you see how it opens up everything for him. He sometimes just chucks himself out of the game. And when he constantly wants to make the game more difficult for him. So that's here comes the IQ part. His shot diet doesn't have to be that hard. He makes it hard because he settles so much. He constantly settles and shoots himself out of rhythm. He takes too many threes sometimes. And there's some people that think he doesn't take enough threes. I vehemently disagree with that. But I will say this about P. He also makes the game uh, overcomplicated. He dribbles way too much facing up at the top of the key when I've said it like a broken record this season, mid-post P or elbow P. When he catches the ball in that mid-post elbow area and then he takes, you know, one dribble or not even any dribbles. He's already 15 feet away. So with his size, all it takes is one or two dribbles or just turning over his shoulder or whatever to score. He made shots regularly. I would love to see what the points per possession was with Paul George catching the ball at the elbow of the midpost. It was unstoppable. It felt like he was doing a drill, like a one-to-two dribble one-on-one. On one. Like... I mean, he overcomplicates his game. He should not need a coach to tell him and drop a play like that. He should go demand the ball there and dominate. And plus, teams will start doubling off of him there when he shows that he can't be stopped, especially against a smaller defender. He can literally just rise up over the top. So mid-post P, elbow P, that's an IQ thing. He makes the game very complicated for himself, catching the ball too high, wanting to face up, and then... By the way, Paul George also said on his podcast that, like, he wants smoke all the time or something. Like, no, you don't. Like, I'm sorry. There's just been too many games where PG just was going through the motions. Like, I just named. You can't tell me he wants to smoke at all times, guarding the best player every night. That was not the case. So I love Paul George, but he's capping on that pod. And then his, another thing with the basketball IQ, the turnovers that Paul George makes, look, he's not a bad passer. But for a star, he is not a very good passer. He For every good pass he makes, he makes one pass that's Uh, actually i'll say this for every two good passes he makes he makes one pass that's just egregious like sometimes he's not only telegraphing his passes but the audacity of the passes that he throws that he thinks can get through are insane to me like remember the sacramento game the famous second highest scoring game ever where he turned the ball over twice in the backcourt like part of it's just his carelessness for a star player where's your urgency through a flat line cross court pass with no one behind him that De'Aaron fox was the defender you know shooting the gap that's low IQ. His IQ for a star is very questionable. He's always made these questionable decisions, even before the Clippers. I remember against Portland, he, would get, he got stripped several times against Mo Harkless in game two of the playoffs, and people wanted to say his shoulder was hurt, but I've seen the same injuries. I'm sorry. I've seen the same mistakes when he's healthy. His IQ for a star is suspect. His decision-making is suspect. I have to say that the God's honest truth. His playmaking is not bad. I don't think he's a bad decision maker in the pick and roll. But there's a reason why he wanted Westbrook to take the ball out of his hands. He doesn't trust himself with the ball because his turnovers are even more timely than Russ's. I mean, his, I remember there was a stat. Like, his turnover percentage on drives was, like, the highest in the league or something. At some point in the season, it was like that. So, PG's other problem is his IQ, his shot selection, the way he shoots himself out of games, the way he completely overcomplicates his game. And because of that, it leads to a bunch of inconsistent performances and he's extremely high turnover. But coming up, the main reason why I'm not confident in PG being a second option on a championship team, the obvious one. Going to be talking about that coming up. All right. So the obvious biggest thing that prevents PG from, or me from being confident in saying PG's a surefire second best player on a chip team is health. The guy has just been injured, man. 51 games missed in 2022, 26 games missed this past season, 18 games missed in 2021, and then 24 games missed in 2020. Every single season with the Clippers, he's missed over 15 games. And in 2019, even that's even the season he had sh- the two messed up shoulders. He only missed five games. The first season with OKC, he only missed three games. And then the two seasons after he broke his leg, he only missed a combined eight games between the two seasons. So I don't want to say it's the Clipper curse or anything because he did break his leg and miss a whole season. And he did come off two torn shoulders. And he did come to the Clippers at age 29. But, man, the health is a question for me with PG. Like, I'm just not confident in his health at all. And, like, I get it. He's not maybe as injury-prone as Kawhi. But I remember what remember what the Pilates instructor, I forget her name, Melissa, I think it was, that DM me, and she said she listens to Locked On. Shout out to you if you're listening. But she was talking about his glutes and how he has a weak foundation and that it's a potential injury waiting to happen with him. And so that made me even more... Or even less confident in his ability to stay healthy. I mean, the guy has a titanium rod in his leg from when he broke his leg. Like, this guy has been through it. And I love the guy. I really love Paul George. But I don't know about his health. That's what concerns me more than anything. Because, as I said, we haven't seen him play in the playoffs with Kawhi besides 2021 in the bubble. And in the 2021, uh, Kawhi got hurt. So it's very tough. But that's my biggest concern with Paul George is his health. I know I saved it for last because there was a least to get into. But it's his health that scares me, number one. And then his confidence and then his IQ. But confidence, IQ, that's an inconsistency. Those are kind of intertwined. I will say this too. He admitted on the podcast that when he was PG-24, even though he wasn't as skilled, he said he was going out to prove a point with an unmatched hunger every single game. So he basically admitted that he's not as hungry anymore. Like, that's very tough to hear. I know it doesn't mean that he doesn't care anymore. He definitely does. And I love the podcast because it lets us get to know him better. And I love getting to know our players better. But, like, for him to come out and say that as the Clipper fan that has him right now on, on our team, it, it's like, are you, man, like, you're telling us that you were way hungrier back then. And he's not just talking about, like, his rookie year or sophomore year where he's just trying to prove a point. He, he – PG-24 implies 2014 Paul George, which is up there for his best season. The numbers don't back it up in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he was great. And the thing is, you can't compare numbers directly from 2014 to 2017 and and after because the spacing was different. The league was different. The three-point emphasis, you know, the pace and space era began. So everyone's stats are inflated comparatively. And their efficiency is going to be better because the space. I mean, this guy was Jan Mahimi and Lavoie Allen started playoff games with him in that 2017 series against Cleveland or 2016 against Toronto. So like you cannot compare that to us starting Nico Batum or Marcus Morris at the four who shoot 37% from three. So it's very different. But I will say this, if you, the reason why people said the Indiana Paul George, that they die on that Hill, that he was better with that, with that team in 2014 is because of the confidence, the confidence before the injury. And maybe, you know, think about it. If that Paul George had this spacing, would he be getting to the rim a lot more? I think yes. Now, am I saying that PG-24 is better than PG-13? Not necessarily. But I, I care more about the mindset than just being a better shooter, personally. People are going to say, well, that one's a skill. One is something you're making up. No, it's not something I make up. Mentality is a real thing. Confidence is a real thing in sports. And Paul George is one of those players you can see when he's in his own head and, when, and you can't. It's very obvious. But Paul George... My biggest concerns with him being a second guy on a championship team are his wavering confidence, the IQ or lack of it for a star, and his shot selection, which leads to his inconsistency shooting the ball, and then his health. He shot, what, 45% this year, 46%? He could shoot 48% if he was, I mean, 48 49% if he was smarter with his shots. 37 from three is fine. I got no issues there. But... Do I think Paul George can be the second option? Absolutely. Do I think he will be? That depends on health more than anything. So we'll see. But thanks for joining me today, guys. Let me know what you think. How confident are you that PG can be the second option on a championship team? Because I know I've asked this question before, but I wanted to do an episode on it because of Andre Iguodala's you know, big compliment. But let me know what you thought. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dropper for NBA history content and NBA content all offseason long. And, of course, Locked On Clippers, free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Let us know what you think. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.